0: You may be seated this morning in this house. It's good to see all of you here in this place today on this cold and windy and snowy, and but it's a good day. Take your Bibles and go with me to the book of Ezekiel chapter 22. Ezekiel chapter 22. I'm going to read to you this morning what is to me some of the most frightening scriptures that I can read in the book. In fact, I'm not only going to read here, but I'm also going to read in another place in just a few moments. And it troubles me. This portion scripture troubles me greatly. It troubles me greatly. What we're going to read here in just a moment is scripture that is Just, it it scares me. It scares me. We're going to talk to you this morning about why pray. All right? That's why we're going to talk about why pray. Why pray? All right? I've spoke this, but it's been a long time ago. So we're going to hear it again today. Hallelujah. So the prophet Ezekiel, under the anointing of the presence of the Almighty God, who has already indicted the priesthood the leaders and the prophets and now we read in verse 29 he is looking at the people and he says the people of the land have used oppression committed robbery mistreated the poor and needy and they have wrongfully oppressed the stranger now that that's bad that's bad if you were to read above that you'll see that false prophets or prophets were whitewashing the problem what kind of preacher do you want? I'm asking you, what kind of preacher do you want? Do you want a preacher that whitewashes everything and tells you you're all right? You want somebody that just says, ah, it doesn't matter? What kind do you want? Amen. Well, they got what they wanted. They wanted one that whitewashed the fence. Okay. Whitewashing, and, pre- whitewash and preaching is not going to help you. All right. Oh, it'll make your flesh feel good. It'll it'll really feel great. It'll go out and say, "Man, that was a great service," and then we'll just look, we'll just live like we've been living for a long time. So, anyways, I'm back now. So, this is what scares me. So, I sought for a man. Now, notice this is God saying this, Amen. So, I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me, on behalf of the land. And then God says that I should not destroy it. God says, I'm looking for somebody. I'm trying to find somebody that'll stand in the gap. And then the scripture just frightens me to death. And God says, but I found no one found no one, found no one that would stand in the gap. And then, verse 31 is the conclusion, because God could find no one to stand in the gap. The scripture says, Therefore I have poured out my indignation on them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. I have recompensed their deeds on their own head." says the Lord God. Well, that troubles me. i like you to go with me to Ephesians chapter 1, about verse number 20, Nathaniel. This is another portion of Scripture that troubles me. In fact, if you need an area to pray and this would be a good place to start as a believer. He's talking here about the resurrection. He says, which he worked in Christ. When he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Verse 21. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Next verse. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Now, here's a verse that really bothers me which is his body. In other words, what Paul is saying, he's saying to the church at Ephesus, you are the body of Christ. See, well, that's great. But then it says, the fullness of him who fills all in all. You say, well, what's so bad about that? Well, that's exactly it, sister. Are we the fullness of him? That's what troubles me. Are we the fullness of him? Well, what was he like? Well, when he prayed for the sick, they were healed. When he preached, people repented. Wherever he went, he was a light. And he wasn't a dim light bulb. He was a light. The Bible says the poor heard him gladly. Amen. The sinners, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, they gathered around. Zacchaeus was so excited, and who was a thief, was so excited to have Jesus go to his house. And that would be the greatest day in Zacchaeus' life and he'd be forever changed. I'm talking about the fullness of Christ. I'm not talking about a shingle out on the building that says we're apostolic. I'm talking about the fullness of him who fails all in all. And that troubles me. Because if you're honest with yourself, you'll have a difficulty saying yes, that I am absolutely operating In the fullness of him. In fact, some of us, dear God, have mercy. Here I go. I'm already, some of us, we can't even stay saved all week. Some of us, we'll walk out of this place and we'll get involved in the same dirty, filthy stuff we have been doing for a long time. And yet we'll claim to be the fullness of him. All right, are you with me? This is not even my message. Just, just, this is just some scripture. That just bugs me. You see, Amen. All right, brother Noah, would you pray? Help me, brother. I need help. I need lots of help today. Lord, your word also tells us that during the time of Noah, that the people praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Can somebody pray for me right now, <laughs> in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus oh God, oh God, oh God. in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus praise God praise God praise the Lord praise the Lord praise, the Lord. praise God. You may be seated this morning. Thank you, brother. We're with you, brother. You got something else to say? We'll say it now. Oh, cool. Woo! Praise God. What yes. God was trying to press upon me is that the people during the time of Noah did not know what was going on around them Hallelujah. until the time of the flood swept them away. That's what it says. The people of that day were spiritually ignorant. But then the Lord goes on to say that, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man comes. I believe that God is speaking to our time. So God, I pray that your spirit yeah, God. would examine us as a people. Yes. Ah. Yes, Lord. Amen. God, will we know it when you yeah, come back for your church? Jesus. Or will we completely miss it? Like the Jesus. Of Jesus. Noah's God. Jesus. God. Mm. God, I pray that you would have mercy. Uh. God, I Jesus. pray that you would forgive us. Jesus. If we've been so busy that we've ignored uh. the things pertaining to your kingdom. Yes. Uh. 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 God, I ask that you would forgive us if we have not been doing the things that you called us to do. Us God. God, give us wisdom so that we know what's going on around us in right. that unseen realm. Right, right. Jesus God, help us. Help us, God. Help us God. Not become like the people. I ask now that your blessing would be upon this service, yeah, your people. Yeah, God. In Jesus' name, I pray. Yeah. Oh Jesus! Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Praise God! Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably speak an hour. I'm just warning you right up front. I'ma speak an hour, probably this morning. I'm gonna take you through a lot of stuff today. Praise God, and I'm going to try to do it as quickly as possible. Uh, Yesterday, I was in a three-hour funeral service. And for much of that, there was a breaking out of the presence of God. They actually sang the old songs. (laughs) And just the Spirit of God was moving powerfully in the house. They were laying to rest their founding pastor, Brother Bishop Frank uh, Tamil. Amen. And there was a spirit of rejoicing that came in that house yesterday. I was sitting next to a very dear and respected brother. Uh, I will not give you his name today. I haven't talked to him about actually speaking about this. But as I sat next to him, he began to relate to me a story. Amen. A story that he was sleeping Apparently, this has not been that long ago. And he started having a dream. And in this dream, he found himself sitting in a red and white car that had tail fins. I don't, I'm not sure what kind of car it was, so for some of you, I don't even know what a tail fin is. And for some of us, oh yeah, we long for those days all over again. <laughs> and he was sitting in the back seat. Uh, the husband of his daughter was in the car with him, and he said to his left was somebody that he didn't even know. Remained just indistinct. And then he saw his daughter approaching, but she was being hindered or impeded from getting to the car. And then he noticed a man that was to his left right outside his window that was pointing a gun at him. All right. And then he told me that that individual that he did not know handed him a gun and he fired three times through the window which did not break. And it sounds like he's having some kind of nightmare, huh? And that whatever that, that man just collapsed to the ground. And the husband was outside of the vehicle telling his wife, who was this man's daughter, get in the car, get in the car. And then God began to reveal to him what that dream was. That red and white car was the blood of Jesus the spirit of the living God. What was happening to his daughter was that there were demonic forces that had been troubling her for some time. And uh, amen. And they were hindering her even then. He said he was wide awake, got out of bed, woke up his wife, and said, we got to pray for our daughter. There is a very powerful demonic force that has been attacking them. And they begin to pray. Not only did they pray, but they called their daughter and her husband and said, you need to join us now in prayer. And I don't know how long they prayed, but it must have been close to an hour. Prayer was made that night. And then he told me, he said, since that day, whatever had been troubling his daughter and her husband is just seemed to have melted away. Amen. Hallelujah. And things are much better than they were. Now, frankly, I'm going to say this this morning, and I don't mean to be harsh when I say this. But I really don't care if you believe that or not. But I do. I want to talk to you about why we should pray today. And I'm hoping that by the end of this message this morning, you will look at prayer just a little bit different than you look at it right now. I am the kind of an individual that I need you to explain why we do what we do. Amen. That seems to be, for me, a great motivating force when I understand why I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. It worked like that when I was a vendor. Amen. And I I actually won $100 when I vended Faster than anybody else in the, amen, in the branch that I worked for. And there were 15 or 20 other drivers that vended there, amen. And I was the youngest. I was the bottom of the barrel, amen. If we lost the counts, I was going out the door, amen. And I won that. I was so proud of myself. These guys had been, I've only been doing this for about two years. And I whipped all those guys. Felt good about it, of course. I think the guy that did the timing sort of liked me. So I don't know if that played in there at all, but it, hallelujah, I got the $100. Then one day I was out uh, doing an account in a a repairman. Now, you you just, you got to just hang out with me now. A repairman, you know, says to me, the champion, $100 to prove it that I'm not loading the soda machine right. I beg your pardon. You're the repairman that when I call for you, I never see you. In fact, I'm shocked to see you in this account. You're the guy that seems to disappear somewhere in Chicagoland, amen, and we never see you. And So I obviously I was a little indignant, as you can tell. How dare you tell me how to load soda machines, Coke. Man, I've been doing this, man. I'm good. And then he told me that because of the shape of the can, it needed to go in with the tab facing towards me. Because if it went in the other way, it would jam the machine. Now, you understand, I am there because of sales. If sales go down, I'm going to be outside holding my pencil can. Wanting to know if you want to buy some pencils. And so when he told me that, instead of just getting them in there as quick as I could, I changed how I put the cans in the soda machine. It became a great motivating factor in how I did what I was doing. Anybody say amen to that kind of stuff? I'm here to tell you this morning in this house, I need to know that my prayers can make a difference between heaven and hell for somebody. Hallelujah. I fully understand that God shapes the world by prayer today. In other words, the more praying we do, the better world we're going to have. And the mightier will be the forces against evil. I can tell already some of you are not buying into it, but that's all right. I'm here to tell you as I lay this message out before you today that prayer by God's people is the capital stock of heaven. What do you mean by that, preacher? That God spends the prayers of his people in his great work upon the earth. In fact, God has conditioned the very life and prosperity of his cause solely on one thing prayer that is why you have a battle trying to pray that is why amen the moment you hit your knees everything comes into your mind but prayer that is why you can get simply satisfied by just saying our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come and just repeat the Lord's Prayer, and you can get up and you can walk out and just say, okay, I've done my praying. I've given my devotion to God. Oh, God, help me to understand the depths of it, the width of it, the length of it, God. Are you still in the house? (laughs) For us to have an understanding of how important prayer is, we must go back to the beginning. Can you do that with me right now? In Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 19, the Bible says out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air. And then I want you to see what it says next in the scripture and brought them to Adam. I right, this is going slow, but you just, you need to catch this today. In other words, what I'm saying, why you created a God, did you bring it to Adam? Well, to see what Adam would call them. Sounds like we're back down in kindergarten class, in Sunday school. And whatever Adam called them, that was their name. Just hang out with me. Hang out with me. Now, I use the word Adam, but it's actually in Hebrew, the word Adam. Everybody say Adam. Adam. It means a human being. It can refer to man or it can refer to mankind. Hallelujah. So now just I'm going to continue to amplify this today. Hallelujah. Adam or man represented all of us. There was a reason that the animals were brought. Amen, to Adam. There was a reason that God allowed Adam to call, give them a name. That which he created, amen, he brought to Adam and said, you name them. You place upon them the label of what they are. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, the word of God says, let us make man, same word, Adam. Amen, same word in our image. And then it says, let them have dominion. Everybody say dominion. Do you understand what the word dominion means, brothers and sisters? It means to dominate. It means to tread down. It means to prevail against. It means to reign. So God said, Adam, you're going to reign. You're going to prevail. You're going to tread down. You're going to dominate. Verse 28. Again, it is said, you will have dominion over. Hallelujah. See, now just just hang out with me. I'm doing, I'm preaching, treaching. I'm just doing, all right? I'm giving you a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Hallelujah. In Psalms chapter 8, amen, in verse number 3. The psalmist says to us, When I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers and the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the Son of Man that you visited him. For you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and with honor. You have surrounded Adam with your glory and your honor. And then it says in verse number six, you have made him to have dominion. Everybody say dominion. Over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. The word dominion here is just a little bit different in the Hebrew than what you read in or Genesis chapter one, where it means to reign to prevail against to dominate the word dominion here yes it means to reign and to rule to exercise but it also means to be governor all right now adam was god's mediator the go between representative on the earth i know you're you're just having a hard time figuring this all out because we all get tripped up in Genesis chapter 3. Amen. We're all, we're all focusing on the fall. Well, we need to focus before the fall. We need to see exactly what Adam was like. Hallelujah. He wasn't some panty waist, ladies and gentlemen. He wasn't some weak-kneed fella. He was a governor. Amen. He was a ruler. He dominated. He had dominion. Yes, he did. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to point out to you something that was pointed out. Well, we'll get to that. Yes, there it is, verse 7. It says, all sheep and oxen. And then it says in verse 7, even the beast of the field. I know that didn't do anything for you right now. But have you ever read in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1 that The serpent was the most subtle beast of the field. Is Is it clicking in your mind? In other words, what God gave to Adam was dominion, authority, power to tread on anything that got in the way. He was God's governor on this planet. In Psalms 115 and verse number 16, it says, Heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has what? Given, everybody say given, to the children of men. He has entrusted, he has assigned this earth to you and to me as he did to Adam. There's a big cop out on this world today. We blame a lot of stuff on God that God had nothing to do with. It's a direct result of us. He gave this planet to us. Quit whining about how this world is full of pollution. It's full of all this garbage and this junk. Do you understand who did that? Who said we we did? That's right. Everybody say we did it. We did it. Oh, no, it was the rich. Get off of it. Get off of it. You brought their products that made them wealthy. But it's all their fault. That's the same as saying the drug dealer. It's his fault. Did you buy drugs? Well, yeah, I brought drugs from him. Well, did you smoke them? Well, yeah, I smoked. It's his fault. Get off of it. It's your fault. Are you hearing me today? Quit blaming somebody else for where you're at right now. Hallelujah. 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 Now, God did not give away ownership of the earth, but he assigned responsibility of governing it to humanity. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15, it says, in the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. You can look this word up in the Strong's. It means to hedge about. It means to guard. It means to, it means to protect. It means to be a watchman. That's what it means. And so, amen. Here was Adam on this planet. Adam who represents all of mankind. He was God's representative on this planet. In this place. Amen. He spoke for God, he acted for God, he had authority from God. Hallelujah. He was God's governor on this planet. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us in Genesis 1 and 26. It says that not only was man to be made in his image, but the Bible says his likeness. How everybody say likeness. That word like this there, amen, it means a resemblance to a model or a shape, amen. In verse 27 of Genesis 1, it says, so God created man in his own image, amen. The word there, image, means this, a phantom, amen, a resemblance, hence a representative figure. Now, you're not going to get this. I don't know how God, amen, manifested himself in the garden, but I do not this, amen, that the Bible says that God walked with Adam in the cool of the evening. And God is spirit, but somehow he manifested himself to that man Adam. Somehow he revealed himself. I don't know how he did it, but he did because the scripture says he did. Now hear me. What the Bible is literally telling us that all of creation knew who Adam was. Amen. And when they saw him, amen, the first impression that they would get, God. Oh, no, no, that's, that's Adam. It's no wonder that he had dominion because everywhere he went, creation thought it was God. And creation knows how to behave in the presence of God. If you don't understand that, you will one day. Because the Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. So you may not want to behave right now. You may want to do your own thing. You may want to live in your sin. You may want to call your acts righteous. But I'm here to tell you the day's coming where you will bow before the maker of the heavens and the earth. It's coming, ladies and gentlemen. It's coming. I want to do my bowing now. I want to fall prostrate before my God now, not then. Hallelujah. So, Adam was God's representative. Amen. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. In Psalms chapter 8 and verse 5, I've already mentioned this. He was crowned with glory and honor, he was surrounded with the very presence of God. You'll read in Genesis chapter 2, it will say to us, and those of you that are about as mature as a three-year-old would laugh at this, amen, but it says that he was, they were naked and not ashamed. That's what it says. And all those perverted minds that are sick in this house today, Emil, you begin to conjure things up. And you're so far away from the truth. He was naked and unashamed. Why? Because he was surrounded by the presence and the glory of God. He didn't see himself like he saw himself after he ate of the fruit. He saw himself in the glory and the presence of God. It is no wonder that prophets of God and men under the anointing of the Spirit seem to get this cocky confidence attitude when they're preaching. And they say things that make some of us shudder. And when we wonder, don't you understand that when you get in the presence of an Almighty God and you're surrounded by the glory of God you will speak things amen that people are not going to comprehend you will uh, amen have an understanding why because you are in the presence of the king and there's an absolutely different perspective now some of you don't understand that and I'm going to be rather nasty here because you don't pray yeah I knew this wasn't going to be an easy day, Brother (laughs) Noah. I knew it. I knew it. I wasn't supposed to even be here. But I'm here. Hallelujah. Most of us don't comprehend the weight and the glory that Adam had as he represented God. Amen. Why don't we comprehend? I'll tell you why. Because sin has marred the glory of God in us. Is, 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 I'm not even asking, I'm, I'm preaching this, whether you agree with me or not. All right. All right, here goes, man. That's why some of you spend so much time fixing your outer appearance. You got no glory on the inside. You understand? That's why you spend so much time in front of a mirror trying to make yourself beautiful. For this world. That's because you've got no glory. On the inside. That's why. That's because you perceive yourself. As ugly. As not pretty. I'm on it today. I'll tell you why you decorate yourself. Because there's an absence of his Glory. If you get into his glory, you'll see yourself in the mirror a whole lot different than you see yourself right now. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe I ought to jump and shout on that one, but I'm having a hard time jumping. So I'll just keep my toes on the ground here. Yes, Yes, preacher. Yes, preacher. Yes, preacher. Yes, preacher. Who told you that Hollywood is the ruler of beauty? Who told you you had to dress, act, think, look like them to be beautiful? Who told you you had to be sleazy in your dress to attract a man? And I'm here to tell you, the only man you'll attract it's one that wants something from you, and you know exactly what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. It has nothing to do with your mind. Yeah. 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 My God. I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have listened to Brother Mooney the other day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anime. Uh, he was preaching anime to his church. <laughs> and boy, was that boy preaching. Yeah. Yeah. My God. My God. Yeah. Wow, this is about prayer, Pastor. It's about prayer. I know it's about prayer. It's why you're not successful in your walk with God. It's why, you know, you you want to do things for God, but there's something lacking. And I'll tell you what's lacking. You're not in the presence of the Almighty God. There is a place in... Christianity, I mean, you'll you'll get accepted in a lot of circles of Christianity, but I'm here to tell you, I've watched them, I've listened to them, I've seen just how deep they are. It's not even ankle deep. And then when I've been with men of God that knew how to get into the deep waters of the spirit, and when I get with them, I know Oh my God! That person thinks they're in deep water. They don't even know what deep water is. All they know how to do is give money. They they remind me of the carnival. But well, they don't call them auctioneers. What do they call them? Barkers. Carnival barkers. That's what they call them. Do a lot of barking. Hey, come in and see the fat lady. Only a. Quarter. The man that's got elephant legs. You you, you didn't know that kind of stuff was around. I know you're all children of the 21st century. You you get to watch it in front of the tube. My God, I'm talking about prayer. Brother, Brother Major, would you help me get back online here? I'm just stuck. And so, what many have called deep is not deep, it's a bunch of fig leaves. Wrapped around a naked body of shame and sin. Who do the things they do, they consume to their own lust. Who, as Peter said, when you preach the gospel, you do not do it for the purpose of filthy lucre. Are you all here? Is that the kind of preacher you want? Somebody that's more interested in a check? And money? Okay, I'm going to say it again. Then, Why in the world do you watch those people? I'll clap to that one myself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Yeah. So now, for the recognition of God to be seen in men today, we have to be changed. And we're changed by being born again of the water and of the spirit. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, but we all with unveiled faces beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more that glory begins to emanate out of your life. We came into this thing with darkness. The Bible says that He called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. Hey, why did He call? He called us to get out of darkness. Amen, that we would show forth the praises of Him. Hallelujah. The Bible also tells us that if our eye is dark, amen. It's just no, what's it say, brother? How great is your darkness. And I'm here to tell you as a preacher, I have seen people sit in this house and I have seen the darkness in them. Oh God, all right. Now, I want to preach to you just a little while longer. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus has gone into the into the wilderness to pray. Literally, in one gospel, it says he was driven by the Spirit. He has been fasting for 40 days. And you'd think after 40 days, the devil wouldn't show up. But the devil showed up even after fasting for 40 days. And the devil said to him in verse number 3, If you are the Son of God command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, if it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then, verse 5 says to us, that the devil took him up into a high mountain and showed him how many kingdoms of the world? All the king. He showed him Hollywood. That's where a lot of you spend your time worshiping. He showed them all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to Jesus, all this authority I will give you and their glory. And then he makes this very revealing statement to us. For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Now, so complete was the authority of Adam that not just God, but Adam could give away Authority. Just taking this. You ain't catching it. Jesus never refutes the devil in this statement. Never says to him, "You're a liar and the father of lies." In other words, what Satan literally uttered at that moment was true: that these kingdoms have been delivered to him, and that he had authority. Are you still in the house? Let me further amplify this to you. In John 12 and 31, Jesus said, Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. In John 14 and 30, he says, I will no longer talk much with you for the Ruler of this world is coming in John 16 and 11 of judgment because the ruler of this world is to be judged. Hey, man, hear me now. Jesus recognized that the devil was the ruler of this world. Now, you need to hang out with me because we're getting to where it talks about prayer now. So complete was God's decision to do things on the earth through human beings that it cost God an incarnation. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made of the law. John announced him as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It cost God an incarnation to regain what Adam had given away. Amen. He had to become a part of the human race. Hallelujah. God, who is sovereign and all-powerful, amen, with the understanding of Scripture today, has limited himself concerning the affairs of this earth to working through human beings. It's God and human for better or worse working together. God needs faithful men and women. God needs a race through whom to work. God needs prophets. God needs judges. God needed a human Messiah. God needed human hands. Amen. A human voice and human feet. Hallelujah! I'm here to tell you that's how intertwined we are with God today. I had somebody in a class yesterday make a statement that God was going to do it anyways. That amen in a service that you know if we prayed or not it really didn't matter. Words to that effect, and I didn't say anything to this sweet student. I just said we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Hear me now. Why? In the Lord's Prayer, did Jesus say that we are to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Why? Well, he's the sovereign one. He does what he pleases. He goes where he goes. He acts how he acts. Then why did he say to his people that you need to pray my kingdom down. Why does it say that we need to ask Him for our daily bread? He already knows what we need. Why does it say those things? Why does it say in Matthew chapter 9, amen, He tells His disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful. And then He says, the labors are few, but God do something about it. Work it out, God. Make it happen, God. You created everything. Make it happen. No, that's not what he said. Therefore, pray. Everybody say pray. pray. That the Lord of the harvest, to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. I hope you're starting to get it today. Amen. If we don't pray, it ain't going to happen. If you don't pray for your lost loved ones, they're not going to be saved. Regardless of the fact, it is the will of God. If you don't travail before God, it will not come to place and happen. God has entwined himself with the believer. Amen. He says, you pray, Mark. Watch me do my stuff. You don't pray, Mark. I'm not acting. So it's no wonder you fall asleep when you're praying. It's no wonder you're fumbling around. You don't even know what to say half the time. And He gave you His Spirit. That if you get into His Spirit, you can prevail in powerful ways, and you can bring the will of God to pass. Amen. Many of us in our walk with God right now, we are surviving on our talents. That's why. We're not doing some of the stuff we've been doing for too long. We've been surviving on our talents. And you cannot survive in a spiritual realm on your talents. You must survive in a spiritual realm in prayer. Whether you like it or not, I really don't. At this moment, but we got to change. I see something coming down the road, and if we don't change, we're headed for disaster, brothers. It's going—you're going to become shipwrecked. Some of you are already so dangerously to the falls that if you don't change course, if you don't change course, why is it? Paul, who so heavily involved reaching the lost, would say to the Thessalonian church in chapter 3 of 2 Thessalonians in verse 1, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it was with you. Well, isn't it the will of God for the word of God? to go to and fro throughout the whole world? Isn't it the will of God that men and women should hear the word of God and change? Why is it then this apostle, this powerful man of God would ask a church to pray that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified? If all these things are the will of God, why should I have to Ask him for something that he already wants to do. I cannot explain this. It's going to take somebody with a higher pay grade than I got today. But I can tell you this much. Through my asking, it somehow releases God to do his will. I'm I'm not trying to be nasty when I say this. I can... It's been like this for a long time. The least amount of people for us in any kind of meeting is always a prayer service. And I don't need to preach in this area and say anything in this area. The most powerful thing that will change a life brings the least amount of people to the house of God. Don't you Don't you think for a moment that you got one over in the devil? You have so bought into his garbage. that you think God's just going to come in and just, he's going to be the fairy godmother of Cinderella. He's no longer a pumpkin, no longer a rat. You now got golden slip. Look at the beautiful dress you got. And I did nothing. Is that the story? Thank you. I read that. We think that's how God operates. Bing. I'm no longer a pumpkin. (laughs) Well, almost. (laughs) Why is it that a man can be praying in Caesarea and asking God to do something in his life? And he gets a visitation from an angel. And the angel doesn't tell him what to do other than to send for a man named Peter who's down on the seacoast in the city of Joppa, amen, residing in the house of Simon the Tanner. Right, right. Could not the angel have told that man what he needed to do? Right. Absolutely. But God has committed this into the hands of man. And that's how he works. So, brothers and sisters, I'm gonna get ugly. Some of you got, I'm not asking you to stand. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. How many of you got something going on that's god awful and you need God to work? Would you raise your hand? And the rest of you're lying. You really are. You've got a clue. It's like when I was a little boy. Oh, I made me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul. If I should die before I I pray the Lord my soul to take. That's what I prayed when I was a little boy. <laughs> That's good, but hear me now. That prayer is not going to save somebody who's lost. I- I'm sorry. I- no, I'm not sorry. But dear God, have mercy. If I, and I, 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 it was it was acted out today, and I'm not trying to be ugly when I say this. As soon as we're done praying, man, the volume in this place goes up twofold, threefold, fivefold. You have no problem talking to that brother and sister around you. And I'm, I'm not against that, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's good to fellowship and love. one, Hug and kiss everybody. each brother, with a holy hug. Hallelujah. I think that's good. But hear me. When the weight of what's going on in this world lays on our shoulders, we ain't got time to play patty-pick with Jesus. We ain't got time to offer nice little prayers to God. Well, I'm afraid of what somebody's going to hear. Well, then pray against that then. If you think they're listening, start praying for them. Go stand right next to him. Oh, God, touch belly. Change his heart. <laughs> I ain't here to impress you. Are you hearing me? I ain't here to impress you. When I ain't praying, I ain't here. Uh, there are times that I'm praying, Brother John, I mess up in my prayer. I was praying, I said, oh, God. Uh, I said, uh, uh, what did I say now? Oh, God, I'm great. Oh, God, I'm great. Wait, 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 wait. God, you're great. You're great. I'm not great. Where would that come from? And I said, oh, God, don't let anybody hear what I just said. Don't let anybody hear what I just said. Don't let anybody hear what I just said. <laughs> we are so concerned about what everybody around us is thinking. It's time to say, you know, God. I'm pulling all, all stops. I'm gonna be just like Adam, but I'm, I'm the new Adam. I'm part of the new Adam. I got the Holy Ghost. I got the indwelling of the Spirit of God in me. I have authority and I have power and I have dominion and I can pray and God's will will come to pass. Yes, I can. Now, I'm gonna just, some of you, you're living in a mess. You fight at home all the time. You're screaming and you're calling each other names. Do you really think that's a manifestation of the Spirit of God? Can't get along with your husband. Can't get along with your wife. Oh, I'm treading now, man. God save me. I'm blaming this on you. It's not in any notes I got. I got my notes. What are you doing? You know, you can know this book so good. You almost can get on the level of what the devil knows about the book. But you see, the difference between us and the devil is he don't practice it. We're supposed to practice it. So with every understanding and knowledge that God gives you, every revelation that God gives you from his word, it ought to produce in you more holiness and more contact with the Almighty. Yes, it should. My God. Hey, Brother Mike, good to have you here. Can I, can I go just a little longer? Amen. Just a little longer. Amen. Amen. My God, open my understanding of prayer. Amen. May I never give to you again, oh God, and this is, this is asking a lot. Never give to any more of those weak, sippet things that I call prayer. Those things I yawn myself through because I'm so stinking bored. So, James chapter 5 and verse 17. And it says this, Elijah was a man. Have you ever read in the Old Testament what God said to Israel? That when they went away from him, what he would do. Does it not say, those of you that are scholars, that have read in in Deuteronomy, does it not say that God would make the heavens like brass and the earth like iron? Does it not say that in the Bible? Does it not say that, in other words, what God would do, he would shut up the rain from falling? That's what God's word says. But here's Elijah, a man, who knows what the word of God says, who the Bible says he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain. For three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heavens gave rain. And the earth produced its fruit. What are you saying preacher? I am saying that God used Elijah. To accomplish his will. Through prayer. In Kings 18 and 1. Listen to what it says. And it came to pass. After many. Days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, "Go present yourself to Ahab. I will send on the earth on rain on the earth. Who said I will send rain on the earth? God said that. All right. Whose ideal was it to send rain? God, oh, man, you're a little weak. Where are you all at? You need something to eat and nourishment to stay awake? Amen. Amen. God said he would send rain. Whose will was it to send rain? It was God's will. Now, are you ready for this? Who initiated the rain? Elijah, Elijah did. 42 of 1 Kings 18. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. <laughs> we, we, we deal with the same thing. Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of the carmel. And then the Bible says he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not trying to be graphic. I've been in the labor room. I've been in the delivery room. I've seen all this stuff of a child. I was in there for all three of my children. I was not in there when my baby daughter Shiloh was born. Amen. It just took too long. <laughs> <sighs> Kid didn't want to come. Don't blame her. Or God. <sighs> you got these nice chairs. You know, you're laying in the bed and they can kick out half that bed. And, I, 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 and, the, and, then, you're, and then the woman's in the stirrups. Sorry, I'm just, I just didn't even talk like this. Well, in those days, it wasn't like that. She sat on a birthing stool. <laughs> Probably a couple of ladies in the back and a couple of ladies around the front. My God, so nice today. They didn't get no shots either. So when they started screaming and when they started groaning and somebody said, push. Hey, ladies, am I right? Those ladies that have gone through childbearing? The reason you're excited is because of the end result, not excited about the pain you're dealing with. Hear me now. The Bible says that when he bowed down on the ground, look what it says. He put his face between his knees. I'm too decrepit today. So, hey. No, you guys wouldn't. I'm sorry. Oh, I can't do it. Who can come up here and... Who can come up here? Darren, come here, buddy. Amen. Okay. Now, I want you to sit down here. Sit down, buddy. Put your, no, 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 like this. All right. Now, I want you to put your head down here. Okay. And start screaming as loud as you can. Scream loud, son. Do it again. Come on, you're not going to get in trouble. Yeah, come on, do it again. All right, now now don't scream the rest of the service, buddy. (laughs) It's the will of God that the rain should come. God's the one that it was his ideal. But it took a man with his head between his knees, crying and travailing, God said, How many times, how many times have I heard prophecy even in this house that God was going to pour out His Spirit? How many times have I heard that God was going to work amongst us? That God was going to deliver? That great revival was coming to us? Why was it that Elijah had to pray seven times before he saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. God had willed it. It was God's ideal. But it took man to pray it into existence. It is the will of God that every one of your children be saved. It is the will of God that every one of your children be saved. but it's up to you to pray it into existence. It is God's will. I can stand confidently on that. It is the will of God that all men be saved. That's the will of God. What is God teaching us by the prophet Elijah? Amen. That our prayer task is not complete until the answer has come and that God has chosen to work through people. Elijah needed to persevere just as we do to release the cumulative amount of God's power to accomplish his will. There's a saying, I've seen it downstairs, push. We don't follow that. Push. You know what the acronym means? Pray until something happens. Do you understand? They prayed Peter right out of prison. They prayed the chains off of him. They prayed him out the door. They prayed him out from the iron gate. They prayed him right to the house. And you say that prayer's not important. And the devil has so deceived you into thinking that just a few little prayers is going to do the work. My God. Can I I go just a little bit more? I'm, I'm I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Let me cite you another man, Daniel. Daniel, the mighty man of God. In Jeremiah chapter 25 and verse number 11 says, "In this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. Then it will come to pass when 70 years are completed that I will punish the king of Babylon and the nation and the land of Chaldeans for their iniquity, says the Lord, and I will make it a perpetual desolation. Now, Daniel 9 verse 1. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans in the first year of his reign. I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. And look what it sets next. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make request, by prayer and supplication with fastings and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession. Why, Daniel? Why, knowing that it was God's will after 70 years for them to go back? Why? Because that's how God has designed it. Verse 20, Daniel says, Now while I was speaking, praying and confessing my sin, (laughs) the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. (laughs) Yet Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I'd seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly, so if he reached me about the time of the evening offering, and he informed me, and talked to me, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, not where he was at now, but at the beginning of your supplication, the command went out. And I have come to tell you, you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and the mission and the understand the vision. God had made a decision in heaven, but it took a man to bring about the enforcement of that decision on the earth. I am not out of the book today, ladies and gentlemen. I am not out of the book when I'm speaking to you today. I know what it says in Acts 17, verse 24. I know it says, God who made the whole earth, Amen." verse 24, and everything in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshiped with men's hand as though he needed anything since he gives to all life, breath, and, and all things. I know that God's existence and character are completely independent of any created thing. I know that today. I know that all the resources are his. That's what Job 41 and 11 says. Everything under heaven is mine. I know it says in Psalms 50, for every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle in a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine and all its fullness. Why, in Ezekiel, verse 30, does it say, So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall, stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found no one. I don't pretend to know everything about God, but I can tell you this much. Our attitude and actions as human beings greatly determines what's going to take place amongst us. If we only knew what prayer has done in this world, if we only knew, no, human inactivity does not nullify the atonement of Jesus Christ. It does not. But I'm here to tell you the atonement becomes ineffective in the lost if we don't pray. If you can only see behind the scenes what we all like, we all like to be up in front speaking, talking, and amen. We all, let me tell you something. If you want to preach from this pulpit, then you ought to pray. If you want me to recognize you, then for heaven's sake, clean up your life. Do I have to get any plainer? Amen. Amen. Get rid of some of that garbage you've been doing. We got to pray because we understand we need to pray. We got to pray not just because the preacher said we need to pray, we got to pray because we know we need to pray. Amen. We got to seek God and we got to forget what anybody else thinks. Amen. I'm here to tell you, I have heard people pray, and the back of the hairs of my neck have stood up. I said, oh man, they're in the presence of the Almighty, and I can sense it because, Amen. Right through their prayer and through them is coming that power, and it's affecting me. My God, can we all bow our heads in this room. Why pray? Some of you are sick. Some of you are dealing with awful things. Some of you, your your situations are terrible. Some of you are bound. You need deliverance. Some of you operate solely and only in your flesh. And you're not fooling me. I see where you're at. I see. I see. Well, what you going to do, preacher? Well... I guess I'm not going to try to be offensive to you. I'm going to do my best to shut my mouth in those areas. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray he disturbs you. I'm going to pray that he shakes you. I'm going to pray that he messes with you so much that you can't stand yourself.
1: My God.
0: My God, why? Because I'm telling you, it's through prayer that God works. Ladies and gentlemen, we are the Adam of this hour. You were given power when you received the Holy Ghost. You were given power and authority to tread on serpents. But we spend no time in the king's palace, in the king's courtroom, in the presence of our God. And therefore we have no confidence to operate in this world spiritually. And now hear me. There are people in this congregation that are praying and seeking God, and they're taking severe hits. Because you know what the enemy does? He goes after the strong. He goes after those that are in his presence. And because if we were all in the presence of God, our enemy would run. But he'll attack a John Nowak, and he'll attack some others in this house because he knows they're seeking God and they're getting close to the Almighty. That's why some of you have run into problems. Some of you quit. Some of you threw up your hands and ended it. It was the day that you stopped praying was the day that you lost the battle. If you would have continued to pray, you'd have broke through. But the day you stopped praying was the day You lost the battle. My God, I'm calling us to prayer. Not just January. I really don't know when this will end. We may never get another schedule, Sister Janice. I know you love schedules, it helps me too. Something's got to happen amongst us, something's got to change. It's not going to be by personality. It's not going to be by talent. It's going to come because we've been in the presence of an almighty God. God bless you this morning. You do what you want to do in this house. Amen. You do what you want to do. This house is open for prayer.